Romans chapter 12. Scripture says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, so he's talking to the saved, that you give your bodies a living sacrifice unto God, which is your reasonable service, that you may prove it is a good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. And don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. My goal is really simple, is that everything you hear, everything you participate in, that you would run it through the filter of God's desire for you to be transformed. I did a message not too long back, and Jacob changed the verbiage and took the credit. (laughs) But his desire is information, revelation, integration, and transformation. And God's desire from the beginning was that we would be created in His image and in His likeness. And after the fall, His desire did not change. So He had to work through Jesus Christ to bring us back to original intent, that we would look like Jesus, that we would be like Jesus, that people would see Christ in and through us. And I find that when we first get saved, we, we see transformation easily. We realize we were wrong and we accept correction. We realize we need to change. We realize God loves us and man, we're excited to be at church. And then somewhere between there and now, transformation just gets slower and slower. But God's desire has not changed. His desire is for you and I to be conformed to the image of His dear Son, Romans 8, 28. His desire is that we would look like Jesus, that people could come to the church and experience the living God through His people. That's God's desire. That's God's will. That's God's purpose. That's God's plan. And so I want, if I can say anything, if you have a takeaway, everything in your life I want you to look at is transforming you. Now, it's either transforming you into the image of God, transforming you into the image of Christ, or it's transforming you into some other image, the image of the world, the image of whatever. Everything has the ability that you do in your life to affect you, how you see life, how you see others. And so we need to go back to God's original plan and realize that we may have been saved 30 years, but we're still needing to be transformed We still need for God to do His work in us because the truth of the matter is now how good you are, you're not there yet. Ask your spouse. So tonight I'm going to give you a here's your sign message. Only that sign is, here's the sign of you being transformed. Now, I taught this here before. I think it was maybe the last time I spoke here, probably a year ago. But I talked about the five things it takes for you and I to grow spiritually. There are five keys, and everybody you love in the Word of God, everybody you respect in the world of Christianity has these five things in their life on a regular basis. And everything I have found, all of the spiritual disciplines, all of the things can be put in these five keys. So I want to give you those five keys right quick. Number one, 
the Word of God. Number two, covenant relationships. Number three, serving. Number four, personal disciplines. Number five, encounters with God. Now, what I want to do tonight, I could, pick, I could pick anything, any scripture, any parable, and I could filter it through transformation. But I picked these five because these are the things God uses to transform us. These are the things that God uses to change our character, to change our behavior, to change our outlook on life. And so I'm just going to run through this idea of transformation through these five things. The first thing. Signs of transformation is is knowing God's Word. You and I should know God's Word. It's what He uses to change us. You didn't know you were wrong till the Word of God showed you you were wrong. The Word of God is so powerful, it has the ability to fulfill itself. It's so dangerous, it's been forbidden in government. It's been forbidden in countries. They know if they can take away this word, they can control you. But if you had this word, even in jail, you are set free. This word is powerful. And so God wants to transform us. So so here's a sign of you being transformed by the word of God. This I just threw in. It's not going to be in your notes, so you have to write it down. You don't pick and choose what scriptures you believe. You know, when you first got saved, if they showed you in the Scripture this is the way it was, you said, okay. And then there comes this place where you start picking and choosing what Scriptures are true and what Scriptures are not and what Scriptures you put on your refrigerator. We love the Scripture. All the promises of God are yes and amen. Man, we got T-shirts. We got it on our refrigerator. Do you know one of the promises of God is that it's appointed unto every man wants to die? Is that on anybody's refrigerator? (laughs) Listen, Psalms 90, verse 12, I think it is. David says, teach us, Lord, to number our days so that we might have a wise heart. Do you know, why are we surprised when people die? I'm not trying to be insensitive. i got to do a funeral tomorrow. I've done a bunch of them, well over 600. I'm not trying to to make it sound frivolous. I'm trying to help us see. We pick and choose what scriptures we want. He said, help us number our days. Do you know you have an expiration date? Our time on this planet is limited. Well, pastor, I'm believing for 120 years. Okay. Do you know anybody that's made it? So somewhere between now and 120, we're probably going to meet our maker. But why why are we as Christians surprised? Why do people leave the church when grandma dies? Grandma loved God. She was ready to go. And you're mad at God and leave the church because you had a scripture from your refrigerator. All the promises of God are yes and amen. I believe that. I'm just one who's going to tell you one of those promises is you're going to die. You might want to get ready. I'm in no hurry, but I am ready. And I realize that every breath is a gift. Every day is a gift. And none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. So why does it surprise us? I'll tell you why. Because we pick and choose scriptures. 
if you are being transformed by the Word of God, whatever it says is truth, and you believe it. And it helps you walk through the things of life. Man, I was listening to the song we were singing last. And that's got some powerful lines in it. About the cross and about trusting Jesus. And no matter what, I'm going to keep this song. Man, that's, that's awesome. And people who are mature, people who are truly being transformed by the word of God, take that stance. And so it doesn't surprise them. And they don't get mad at God. They realize that death causes us to love life more. If you go to a funeral and you are not changed to love life better, you missed something valuable. If you go to a funeral and you don't at least have the thought, this is eminent. I need to be grateful for every day. I need to tell my loved ones I love them while I still can. If those thoughts don't get to you, you miss something God was trying to show you at the funeral. So we don't pick and choose. If God says we tithe, we go, okay, what's a tithe? If God says build an ark, we go, okay, what's an ark? Think about it. There's your sign. You don't pick and choose. You just let the word of God speak to you. Second sign, you have great peace and nothing offends you. <laughs> Psalms 119, 165, great peace have they. Not little peace, not a peace on Fridays, not peace when I'm in Florida. Great peace have they that love thy law, God's word, and nothing shall offend them. Some of you were offended when Austin didn't get to speak tonight. Who's that bald-headed guy? What's he doing up there? We get offended at the silliest of stuff as Christians. We pick and choose. I don't like that song. Well, Hot Rod, it wasn't for you anyway. It was to worship God. I, I promise you, I will challenge you. I'm put on this earth to challenge you. And to believe for positive change and to be your cheerleader when you're trying to follow after the things of God. So I am, I get it, I get it. But we think we're farther along than we are. We got saved and man, we miss hell and we read the word of God when we have to. When Pastor Austin says, turn to this verse, we turn to it. And we think we're okay, but God's desire is to continually transform you. To get you to have the same mindset that Jesus had. To love what God loves and hate what God hates. To be drawn to the things that God is drawn to. Instead of doing something and ask God to bless it, why don't we find out what God is blessing and join that? Great peace. Man, we went through a year that we needed some peace. And I had the time of my life this last year except for the being forced to do certain things. I'm 60 years old plus. I don't like anybody telling me I have to do a thing. I will wear a mask for anybody out of love. But I ain't gonna, nobody's going to make me wear a mask. Nobody. If you see me in jail because they've passed a law, it's worth it. I'm telling you. 
I had peace all year long. I got to share Jesus more last year than just about any time in my Christian life. Because people were asking. People were wondering what I thought. You don't ask a guy that's built to speak. What do you think? Because I will tell you. I had peace. You should have had peace. And nothing shall offend them. People who are being transformed are hard to offend. They don't just pick up arms right away. They don't want to fight over everything. They're not offended because you don't agree with them on a particular thing. Have you ever thought about, we we divide over pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, all that stuff. Have you ever thought that two-thirds of you are going to be wrong? Let it go, man. It's all going to work out. I don't get offended about that kind of stuff. Trust Jesus. Be ready for any time, and then one day you'll be right. You're going to love this one. Put this one on your refrigerator. If you're being transformed by the Word of God, you are being persecuted. Mark chapter 4, verse 7. And these are they who, when the sun came up, They were joyful for a while, but then because of the heat, they dried up and withered and died. And he translates that, these are the ones who with joy received the Lord. But then when persecution came for the word's sake, they threw in the towel. If you're being transformed, you're being persecuted, and you know it's a part of the package deal. I get up and breathe and make people mad. I live in a world that they do not like people who are sharing the truth. And they're trying to shut me down on every front. Facebook has sent me some messages. You know, this might be hate. This might not be received well. Until they shut me down, I'm going to keep sharing. It's a persecution. If I pray over my meal, I make some people mad. But guess what? I'm going to pray over my meal. When people come around me and I have to deal with them and they cuss all the time, every time they cuss, I say, praise the Lord. And you know what happens? It doesn't take very long. They stop cussing. They're tired of me praising the Lord. Light's more powerful than darkness. Persecution is just a part of it. Why are we so afraid? You've been persecuted your whole life. Every stand you ever made in your life, somebody didn't like it. When you had long hair, you were made fun of. When you got a cut, you were made fun of. When you listened to rock and roll, you were made fun of. When you went to disco, you were made fun of. But but the good thing about bald-headedness, there's two things. One is my bad hair days are less and less. Secondly, if you believe in evolution, the less hair you have and the shorter your arms get, the smarter you are. Number two key for change, transformation, is covenant relationships. I am I'm so afraid for this generations that are coming up, who this is everything. It's the antisocial social media. They have no idea how to face hard things because they quit over the phone. They don't want to face their boss. They don't face the possibility of being fired. No, 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 they send them a text, I'm done. 
What a sissy. There's something that is missed in the process of you sending a text versus going and facing that. We need covenant relationships. People who are not just superficial. I listen to the things and conversations we have, and they're so shallow. Like, hey, Austin, how you doing? Hey, man, it's really hot, isn't it? Like, Austin didn't know. You know, when it's 106, and I'm telling, man, it's really hot, isn't it? Oh, I didn't know. Thank you for telling me. How you doing? I'm too blessed to be stressed. You lying dog. You're on Xanax. You're going to see a psychologist. You got Demerol. The body of Christ was to have covenant relationships because we serve a covenant God in which divorce is not an option. God wanted us to get to know one another and get through the mess. You know, we love people who love the teams we love. Hey, you love Dallas? I love Dallas. Let's be friends. And as soon as you disagree with me, I'm going to find me another friend. Man, we need to get past all that. We need to get to the place where it doesn't matter what team you root for. We're all serving Jesus. And we need one another. I need your weirdness. And you need my weirdness. And write it down in your notes. Put this on your refrigerator. You're somebody's weird. You are somebody's crazy. You don't know it because you think you're sane. Everybody else knows. We need covenant relationships. Here's some signs of you being transformed. Number one, you have good relationships with people who will and do correct you. Man, we leave the church every time somebody tries to correct us. I ain't going there anymore. We want to live in a world where everybody agrees with us. The problem with that is you don't even agree with yourself a year from now. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 11, that whole thing, you need to go back and read it in the Living Bible. Paul says, I corrected Peter openly because he was really wrong. I love that. He wasn't just a little bit wrong. He was really wrong. And he said he did it openly. You need people in your life who love you enough to look you square in the eye and go, that's the stupidest thing I ever saw. Get out of that today. I want to walk with Jesus. Wouldn't it be great to just walk on the shores of Galilee with Jesus? Jesus looked at a man and said, you're being used of the devil. And we can't even receive you need a breath mint. A sign you're being transformed by covenant relationships is that you have people in your life who love you enough to correct you. Anybody can pat you on the back and tell you you're doing a great job. Somebody who doesn't even love you can do that. It takes real love for somebody to say, hey, do you know when you said that, it came across this way. Hey, do you know when you did that, it was received this way? Hey, did you know? People who will correct you is real love. You can judge how much somebody loves you, which is one of the reasons I love Zach and Austin so much. They, they may have their issues. I mean, they're, they're Gen Zs and millennials and all that kind of stuff. They may, they may have that. Okay, I get that. Like they're addicted to coffee. Just ask them. 
But I love Zach and Austin because they have said to me over and over again, please, if you see something, bring it to my attention. And when I do, they receive it, even if they don't agree with it. That's powerful. That's covenant relationship. And they expect me, if I see something or know something, to say to them, you might want to make an adjustment there. We need people in our life who will love us that deep. Another sign that you're being transformed by covenant relationships. You have long-term relationships. People who have been with you through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Philippians 1, 3-8, Paul was saying to these individuals, you've been with me from the very beginning. You were with me when I was in jail, and you've been with me the whole time. I've watched time and time again the people come be a part of victory, and this is my church. And as soon as something looks like we might be in the paper or we might get persecution coming, uh, they're gone. I love the people who love me when I've messed up. The people who've stuck with me when everything wasn't as it needed to be. There was a man who came to my life group, and I I was just new in the Lord, and I knew very little about grace. I knew about the law. And this guy was wearing an earring, but he'd take it off before he came to life group because I had spoke against wearing earrings. And he came to my life group every Friday knowing he wore an earring and that I was opposed to it. But he never said a word to me. And when I finally got a hold of Grace, he started wearing his earring again. And I thought to myself, this man showed me real love because when I was wrong, he came anyway. When I was wrong, he loved me anyway. You know, if you don't have a relationship... If you're, if you're 19 years old and you don't have a relationship that's at least four years in the making, there might be an issue. If you're as old as I am, you ought to have 30 and 40 year relationships. Because if your character is changing to the likeness of Christ, people want to be around you. It amazes me how people have short-term relationships because they run everybody off and they can't see that the only common denominator is them. See, the only problem with going to a new relationship and going to a new town is this. Wherever you go, there you are. Another sign that you're being transformed by covenant relationships is you are in submission and not just agreement. Now listen to me. This, this, this hurts a little. This stings a little bit, but somebody's got to say it. I just happen to be the one. And besides that, I'm right. So many people think they're in submission to leadership or that they're in submission to their spouse. And really, all they are is in agreement. And the reason I know that is because as soon as they disagree with something Dwayne or Austin said, they find another church. That is not submission. That's just agreement. So many spouses think they're in submission, but they're not. They're in agreement. As long as he buys the van, everything's cool. He buys the motorcycle, there's trouble. I have watched this over and over again with leadership trying to bring somebody up to the next level. 
and sharing with them a thing that needs to be adjusted. And as soon as it's brought up, there's defensiveness, there's anger, there's frustration, there's the you don't love me. Because the truth is they're not in submission. They think they are until it comes to this, something they disagree with, and then they start standing up, defending themselves, defending their stance, accusing other people. That's not submission, beloved. That's just agreement. If you're in good covenant relationships, if I'm in a covenant as leadership with Pastor Austin, if he came to me and said, Pastor, you're doing this and it's not being received well, I would make an adjustment because I believe he loves me and I believe he's for me. And I believe he would never ask me to do anything just because it was personal. There are a lot of things I disagree with personally. But when it comes to the kingdom, I'm black and white. It's either right or it's wrong if it's kingdom. And so we need to be submissive. That's a sign you've got good relationships. You've got covenant relationships that you know people will make an adjustment that's for your betterment. Number three. Personal disciplines. Now, these are the things you do when nobody's looking. Personal disciplines. Acts 2, 42 through 47. You can go look it up yourself. Very familiar. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in breaking of bread, and in prayers. I can show you, don't have time tonight, but all five of the things that lead to spiritual development are in these four things. Here's, the, here's what I see. Transformation slows down and ceases almost to a stop for most Christians at a certain point in their life because of this one thing right here. Personal disciplines. It is something you do when you don't want to. It is something you do rain or shine when you're asked to, when you're not asked to. When it feels good, when you don't feel good. Personal disciplines. Nobody has to tell you. Nobody has to ride you. Nobody has to prod you. It says, and they continued steadfastly. So here's some signs that you're being transformed by personal disciplines. Number one, you have some. That's a huge step in the right direction. You know, the, the, the new generation calls it spiritual formation. Like that's, whoa. We called it discipline. And the reason they had to change it is because nobody likes discipline. Spiritual formation sounds so beautiful, doesn't it? Man, I love spiritual formation. It's work. And the reason people don't get transformed after the first initial salvation is because it's not always fun. Can I tell you as a man of God, I do not always enjoy reading the Word of God. Sometimes I would rather read a good outdoor life story about fishing or hunting. See how quiet it gets? But I read anyway. I read when I'm tired. I read the Word of God when I don't want to. I pray when it's not fun. Sometimes I pray and the presence of God is so strong, I just want to stay there. Other times, it's just like fighting a ceiling of brick. I know none of y'all have ever been there. You guys pray all the time. I mean, it's just awesome. 
I know, but so I'm speaking to those who aren't here. So part of uh, your sign that you are being transformed by personal disciplines is that you actually have some. Next thing is, you do them. See, a lot of people have ideas about disciplines. Here's what I should do. I know I need a Sabbath rest, but you never take it. I know I need to pray, but I'll do that tomorrow. Spiritual disciplines and signs that you are being transformed by them is you do them on a regular basis. Nobody has to call you. Nobody has to say to you, do these things. Now, I, I sound like I'm bragging and I'm not. I just want to give you an insight. I run almost every day except Sunday. I do sit-ups almost every day but Sunday. And I don't do it because I want to run a marathon or because I want to impress anybody. I do it because I want to be 95 years old and still able to preach this word in my body and not be the reason I can't do it. Okay? But let me tell you about running. Nobody's watching me. Nobody's paying attention. Nobody's videoing me. I run like most, like Austin walks. You know, he's got... I'd be running and he'd be passing me. I don't impress anybody with my speed. Nobody's paying attention. But I do, I, I jokingly tell my wife, I'm going to go have some fun in the sun because it's dark and she knows it ain't fun. It's just a play on words. I'll just tell her, I'm going to go have some fun in the sun. She knows I'm fixing to go run, fixing to go do my sit-ups and all that kind of stuff. I do that when I don't want to and that's often. I don't like to run. People told they lied to me. They lied to me. If you run long enough, you'll learn to love it. Knock you to the moon. I don't love it, but I do miss it. It's become such a part of my life that when I don't do it, I miss it. I don't love it, but I miss it. It's a personal discipline. Nobody's made me do that. Nobody said you have to do that. I've done it because I'm looking at the future. I pray because I need to pray. I need to talk to God. I need to get stuff out of my heart. I read because I, the Bible says to study to show yourself approved unto God, 2 Timothy 2.15. But nowhere does it say, okay, you can stop studying now. You're 60 years old. You got it. No, you should be learning and growing till the day your eyes close. So not only do you have personal disciplines, you actually do them. You continue to do them when you don't feel like it. How am I doing on my time? Oh, I, you guys got to listen faster. <laughs> Last one. Encounters with God. Now, this is the one you have the least control over, but has the ability, the best ability to transform you. God can do in 30 seconds what would take me three lifetimes and never accomplish. And I don't know if you know this, but everything we do here is filtered through this idea of how can we help you experience God? Our praise and worship team works really, really hard to bring songs to you that would help you engage with God in worship, that you would encounter the living God, that he would touch your heart over some of the words because music can do things that words can't do. Everything we do, the life groups, are for an opportunity for you to have all five of these things in your life. 
the Word of God through Life Group, covenant relationships through Life Group, serving through Life Group. Serving is one of those things that we kind of went over tonight, but if you're going to grow, you need a place to serve. And not just a servant's hands, but a servant's heart. You need to serve where there's a need and not go, I don't want to do that. See, that's, there's a lot of things I don't want to do, but if I want to be like Christ, I want to serve where I'm needed. Did you know when people show up at Victory and the car has to be unloaded with food that we're taking somewhere or whatever, I'm always willing to help load the food. Now, listen to me. I'm not bragging. I just want you to hear me. I make it a personal choice that if I go into a bathroom and the toilet is all plugged up, I unstop it. You're never going to get too big for that. You're never going to get beyond that. I do that because if I expect somebody else to do it, I need to be willing to do it. I need to be willing to serve where I don't necessarily want to, but it's a need. Here's your sign. If you're serving, you're going to serve in places you don't even want to, but you hear God. I just got back from Uganda. Now, I never get up in the morning and go, hey, I want to go on a missions trip. The last time I went was like 18 years ago. God sends me to the mission field just often enough to break me, keep me humble and compassionate. And so I went to Uganda because God said, I want you to serve there. And so I went. And I served. And I did anything they asked me to do. A couple times I got to do what I enjoyed doing. I got to teach. I got to visit with some pastors and pour into them. But most of the time, it was hot, stinky, nasty, and it wasn't fun. But if you're being transformed and God says, go, you serve. That's all free. Encounters with God. Here's your sign. If you're being transformed, you experience God in times of difficulty. Psalms 34, 18. The Lord is nigh unto them who are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Man, if you're being transformed when, when you do have the loss of a loved one, you sense the presence of God, the grace of the Lord to get you through that. So if you're being transformed by encounters with God, you encounter God through the difficult times of life. Number two, though, you experience the joy of God's presence. Psalm 1611, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. If you're being transformed by God, there are times when you just laugh and you feel the joy of the Lord because it's your strength. And man, you just sense God's near and it just fills you up with joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. But here's the third one. If you're being transformed by experiences with God, you experience God in the mundane, in the day-to-day. You experience God when you're washing the dishes, ladies. You experience God when you're doing the laundry. You experience God when you're going to work. You experience God when you're mowing the lawn. Let me give you a scripture. Colossians 3, 22 and 23 In 23, he says, and whatsoever you do, say whatsoever. Whatsoever. That's the mundane. And whatsoever you do, do it as unto the Lord and not unto men. I know too many Christians who the only time they experience God is when they're forced into it. 
when something hits them they weren't ready for, something tragic happens and they're driven to God, but they find him there. The problem is you don't have to experience loss to experience God. You should be experiencing God every day. You should be experiencing God in the things that the world says doesn't matter because they do matter. If they involve your life, God is involved in it. So I want you from this point on to look at everything you're doing, everything you're hearing through the filter of how is this transforming me? Is it something I want to be transformed into or not? And if it's not, my encouragement is let it go. Amen? Amen. I'm done. <laughs>